Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God, make your face shine on us that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors, and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Let your hand rest on the men at your right hand. The Son of Man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us, and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call, call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Jesus woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark, for reading God's Word for us today. And we're going to look at uh, the Gospel reading um, from Matthew today. And I uh, just encourage you to um, visit all the readings that are inside of your bulletin, but on the back of your bulletin, it's blank. And I'm asking you to take out your uh, pen. There's a pen right in front of you if you don't have one, and just take that. And I'm going to give you a few things to write down today because I believe God is going to speak to us on this very special um, weekend. And... Um, I know the candles are beautiful behind me, but if a fire starts, just wave at me or something, so we'll grab the fire extinguisher in the back and, and take care of that, but, uh, but it is a beautiful day, and, and uh, we prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lord through the gospel reading. <clears throat> uh, if we're friends on Facebook, and I hope we are friends on Facebook, if not, uh, let's be friends, but I like um, putting dad jokes out there for my Facebook friends and family. And so this is one of my favorite ones from this past week. What has 15 actors, four settings, two writers, and one plot line? 632 Hallmark movies, right? <clears throat> and it obviously works, right? So if it ain't broke, uh, don't, don't fix it. But... Um, it's not just Hallmark movies, it's, it's any television show we watch. It can be a drama, it can be a comedy, but this time of year, and even in the reruns, we see all the Christmas episodes of our favorite show. And so they'll come on and, and it'll be either funny or serious, but at some point they'll have their 
Christmas thought in there. And, and those Christmas uh, different shows that come on, you, you get a thought like this, that it's better to give than receive. Or that true meaning isn't found in things, but in loving relationships. Or you might get the, the lesson that you need to be kind to everyone, even the curmudgeon that's in the story. And so we're to be kind. And, and all of those are admirable, admirable sentiments. They're great lessons, but that's not the true meaning of Christmas. That's not the heart of Christmas that was just sung so beautifully to us by Nick and the the choir, it's our text today that tells us the true meaning of Christmas. And so let's look at our text, and the Gospel of Matthew tells the story uh, of Christmas from Joseph's perspective, and we'll read from Luke on Christmas Eve, and we'll look at the story from Mary's perspective then, but today it's Joseph's perspective, and it's always interesting because Joseph's kind of the background guy in the story. Mary's the star of the show. She gets all the best lines. Everybody loves her. Uh, Joseph doesn't get to say anything in the story. He he just has to listen. And it's so funny because we even put together our manger scene. And every year we take out Joseph. I'm like, is this Joseph or one of the shepherds? I'm not quite sure. He's just kind of indistinguishable. And I always think, poor Joseph. You know, (laughs) he's just that background guy to the story. But to be honest with you, as Mark read for us today, that if, if Joseph wasn't a part of the story and if Joseph hadn't obeyed, it, it, there may not have been a Christmas. So Joseph's actually a really important part of the story. In fact, he is called to exercise this extreme trust in God because his fiance came home pregnant. And he wasn't the dad. That's a scandal at any time. If that happened today, that would be a scandal today. Your fiancé shows up pregnant, not yours, that's a scandal. But in Joseph and Mary's time, that could have cost Mary her life. She could have been put to death. But Joseph doesn't want to do that, so he says, okay, we're just going to do this quietly. I'm just going to give her a divorce and... She can get on with her life, with whoever she loves, and and I'll try to get on with mine. And that's Joseph. And and you wouldn't blame him if that's how the story went down. But in the midst of all the clutter, God shows up and he says, Joseph, it's okay. Just do it. Just marry her. I'll be with you. And amazingly, Joseph obeys. He simply trusts God and takes him at his word that it's going to be okay. I'm with you. And so Joseph is obedient. There's some lessons we learned from Joseph, and this is what I want you to write down. Because it's not just for Joseph's life, it's for ours as well. And so I want you to write these things down. What do we learn from Joseph in his obedience? The first thing we learn is that Our good plans may not be God's best plans. Our good plans may not be God's best plans. I mean, I'm sure Mary and Joseph, they're getting married. Any young couple that's engaged, I'm sure they're very excited. They're they're planning their life. This is going to happen. This is so wonderful. 
They're planning out their life, and then this happens. Proverbs says in chapter 16, verse 9, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You may say, I I don't know why life turned out the way it's turned out. I'm not sure why these things are happening. It's, It's okay. The Lord's got you. It's like he's saying that to you today. It's okay. I'm with you. I'm with you every step of this journey. I know you have some plans, but those might not be my plans. They may not be the best plans. And the second thing we learn from the story is that God will share his plans with us. God will share his plans with us. In Joseph's story, it's, it's through a dream that an angel comes to him. For Mary, an angel just shows up, but but in, in Joseph's case, it's a dream and an angel shows up. And God speaks through de- dreams and angels and all that. We know that. But God also speaks to us through his word. And today, we need to have ears to hear what God is speaking to us through his word, what he's even speaking today through his word to you and to me, that we would listen and that the Holy Spirit would speak to us a fresh word and we would hear that in our hearts, and in, in, in that still small voice, and we would be obedient like Joseph was. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. That's beautiful, isn't it? We're not servants. We're friends. And God speaks to us. Are you listening? The next thing we learn is that we may not understand or like everything God speaks to us. We may not want to obey his word. We may not want to obey his still small voice. We may not want to obey his wisdom, but he wants us to. We are, as creatures, wanting to always ask, why, God? Why, 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 why? We want that question answered, and that's okay, because other Bible characters like Moses and David, and especially Job, they wanted to know the reason why, but God tells us in his word in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You may not understand, you may not like everything, but listen, go back to the first one, God's way is the best way. So listen and obey. The next one so beautifully uh, lived out by Joseph, was be faithful and obedient. Be faithful and obedient. And I'm going I'm I'm to add something to that. Be faithful and obedient in everything. Not just some things or the things that you like or the things that you want to do, but that you would be faithful and obedient in everything. Because God says, this is what I'd like you to do. And you say, okay. We'll, we'll do it because you are with me. Don't be afraid. Just be obedient because God will be faithful. He was faithful to Joseph and Mary. He will be faithful to you. The last thing we learn from the life of Joseph is that it's a kingdom where God doesn't choose kings. He chooses carpenters. It's a kingdom where God doesn't choose kings, he chooses carpenters. And as I think about the Christmas story about Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men, there's really no one of worldly significance in that story. I mean, maybe the wise men had money, but 
Even they're nameless in the story. We don't really know who they are. It's that God just chooses everybody and ordinary, and that's just who God is. God's not looking for the next celebrity. He's looking for you. God can call celebrities. He can do that, but that's not God's first way of doing it. He's He's going to call the carpenters. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.26, I love what Paul says here, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. God calls carpenters. God calls you. God calls me. He's saying, look, I want you to listen to me. I want you to obey me. I want you to do my work in this world. I want you to share the good news. I'm asking you to do it. These are all good lessons, and and they're all good lessons for our life, but at the beginning of the sermon, I said we're going to talk about the true meaning of Christmas. So those are good lessons, but they're not the true meaning of Christmas, and so this is the true meaning of Christmas. If you don't write anything else down, write this down. The true meaning of Christmas is this, that Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus was Emmanuel, God is with us. That is the true meaning of Christmas. Not God was with us long ago, far, far away. It's not that he will be with us in the sweet by and by. No, that he is with us. Right now, present tense, God is with us. God is Emmanuel. Not just that God is, but that he is with us. Because we know that God is, we know that he exists But he's not far off. He's not distant as it would have been when Jesus was born. They would have thought of God somewhere far away and and almost unattainable and all these things. But now God says, no, I'm showing up to be present with you right here beside you, with you, Emmanuel. The presence of God became present in this world. And God's presence is with us even today. He is Emmanuel. And I want to say this, if he is with us, listen to me, you'll never be alone. You'll never be alone. You'll never be isolated. You'll never be forced to live life all on your own. You will never be alone because God is with you. That's what he says in his word. That's what he promises in his word. You can do life without God if you want to, But don't. Don't live it on your own. He's with you. The central promise of the Bible isn't that God will forgive our sin, although he does. The central promise of the Bible isn't that there's life after death, though there is. The central promise of the Bible is the meaning of Christmas, that God is with us. That is the central promise of the Bible, that he is with us, that he is right here. I want you to imagine God just sitting right next to you right now. Just imagine God there with you. That is the greatest promise in his word, that he is with you even right now. A few weeks ago, I, I preached on the top commands of the Bible, and I, I just went through and I, I tried to study the best I could to find the top four commands in the Bible, and I even wrote them on a, a chalkboard up here, and one of the commands, if you remember, was do not be afraid. It's one of the top commands in the Bible, said hundreds of times in the Bible, 
Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's all throughout Scripture. Do not be afraid. And what's interesting, when you see that command in Scripture, almost always right next to that command is this promise. Don't be afraid. I am with you. So the command comes with a promise. Don't be afraid. I am with you. You're not alone now, and you never will be. I am with you. And so long ago, on a starry night in Bethlehem, the city of David, our Savior was born, and his name was Emmanuel, God with us. And the good news today is that that's still true. He is God with us now today, tomorrow, forever and ever. Amen. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? As we pray this morning, I want you to think of Jesus being with you here right now because he is. And Jesus, today we are grateful that you are our Emmanuel. You are God with us. We are not alone. We don't have to do this on our own. We don't have to figure it out on our own. You're with us. You call us to listen. You call us to obey. You call us to be faithful. But Lord, we're not doing it on our own. We're not trying to figure it out. God, you are with us every step of that journey. God, you're with us today and tomorrow and forever and forever. And, and so we are so grateful today, God, that you are Emmanuel. And God, just as you are with us, it's our heart cry today that we would be with you. That it wouldn't just be about serving you or, or trying to be good for you. But Lord, we'd just be with you as your sons and your daughters, and knowing your love and being surrounded by your presence, Lord. Lord, I just pray today if there's anyone that's, that's far from you, that today they would say, I'm, I'm with you, Jesus, just as you're with me. And Lord, that we would turn from our sins and that we would, we would follow you. We wouldn't go our own way in life, but that we would turn. And we go your way because you are with us and we want to be with you. With you not just for today or tomorrow, but for eternity. I feel led to, to just pray this prayer. We don't do this very often, but just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me because... I, I really feel as though we, we need to be with God. He's with us. And, and you're, if, if your heart is burning inside of you to be with him, I'm, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. And it's just inviting Jesus to be with you and you with him. And that you turn and you follow him with your life. And so would everybody just repeat this prayer in a prayer of commitment today. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. 
I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, or, or maybe just a renewed time, the Bible says that we're made a new creation. That not only is he with us, we're now with him. And, and I just encourage you to, to follow Jesus. There's no better time than, than Christmas to say, okay, God, I'm all in, and I'm following you. And if you prayed that prayer today on, on the altar up here, just behind the candles, there's little bags with the Bible, devotional, some thoughts in there for you. I'd just love for you to take that and and, uh, and begin that walk with Jesus. And, and uh, I know we're family, and, and probably already everybody's walking with Jesus, but just make that renewed commitment at Christmas that not only is God with me,